2022. It's 9.31 in the morning. Pops' big red lunchbox is gone, which means he's at work, which means I can do a recording from the kitchen and not worry about waking Pops up. It's 9.30, yeah, 9.32. I was about to get up and get going, or, well, I woke up about two hours ago. But, like, my body wasn't rested fully. This is the one concern I have about getting a regular job again. Is you usually got to be there they say you gotta be there so even if I have a if I get a job again where I had the autonomy I had as a small business banker I still had to be up for them uh, 9 o'clock calls on Mondays to report your numbers anyway there's just some days where, like, my sleep is thrown off. And, yeah. I don't know. Don't always function the greatest when I am lacking. Not just sleep, but, like, rest. So, anyway. Even though I woke up about two hours ago. Took a little time to, uh... the Bible app. I like to watch the one for the adults and the one for the kids. I like the kids one better than the adults. Oops. Ah! Excuse me, hit the exhaust button. And, uh... Yeah, lay, lay there for a little while. And this song by Maverick City Music. Let's have that on repeat song called prepare the way it's really good sat on repeat for a while and just lay there for a while <sighs> it's a little it's overcast today it looks kind of cold i know it's supposed to be in the 60s but just looking out there it looks kind of cold anyway uh man i look yeah we're gonna song we're gonna song 92 I believe we're on Psalm 92. So yeah, we did the whole Lord of Armies in Psalm 91 last night. Yes, yeah, so we got to be a Psalm 92. Here we go. God's love and faithfulness, a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, most high, to declare, to declare your faithful love in the morning. That's exactly what it is. Morning, that's what we're doing. Declaring the Lord's faithful love. <sighs> and your faithfulness at night. Yes, God, you were faithful last night. You even though I had some wild dreams. Hey, what did we dream about last night? Well, the one that woke me up was some dude. I was like parked in the behind our apartment complex. I don't think I'll put enough water in here. Uh oh. 
It's always weird when you try to add it later. Let's do this. Thought I had plenty of water, but. Uh, one second. This is what happens when you try to podcast and make oatmeal at the same time. But I don't know. Something about doing it. Oh, I should probably stir it a little bit too. Like I said, I kind of like making this podcast a little bit more real to life as much as possible throughout my day. Not just script it behind a mic. All right. Here we go. Oh, yeah, some wild dreams. See, some dude rolled up on my car. And then I did that whole where you're in the airplane and you eject yourself out of the dream. Are you like, like, all right, get out, get out, <laughs> get out the dream. Wake up. I don't know what the dude was about to do. I remember that I was telling my brother how that happened to me when I was driving the uh, taxi. I was at the gas station once and I was so tired. I was so tired. Um, I was just. I was putting in that work when I was in that taxi car because you had to pay like 70 something dollars every day just to cover the cost of having the taxi. And then everything you made over that was profit. Anyway, so it was hustling. But yeah, I was at a gas station once and this dude rolled up on my car and knocked on the window and he looked kind of sketchy. And I don't know if I don't know if he was trying to rob me. Or trying to just get my attention, like, hey, why are you here? Just want to make sure you're okay. I see you sleeping at the pump. I wasn't taking the time to figure that one out, so I, I dipped. So that's kind of what happened in my dream. Some dude, my window was down. Some dude was trying to roll up on my car. And, yeah, I woke myself out of the dream. Then there's this, like, neighbor. I just call him Mr. K. Next door, he's, like, a little kid. He's, like, my daughter's age. I think he's, like, 13. He's in middle school. I see him all the time when I'm out. Um, or I just run into him. Not all the time, but sometimes. He'll be out there uh, taking his dog out to use to, you know, do his thing. And uh, anyway, Mr. K was in my dream. And I was like, why does this boy keep talking to me? I don't know his mom thinking I got some kind of weird relationship with this kid. Like, especially nowadays. I don't know. I just, like... It was weird. He kept talking to me. <laughs> he kept talking to me. And, um... I've made a little small talk with him before. Yeah, I might have heard him on my podcast once. Um... He came out there, was walking his dog and taking his dog out to take a leak or whatever. Anyway, yeah, he was in my dream. What else is in my dream? Something. I don't know. That's all I can remember right now. Mr. K 
young Mr. K. And, uh, some dude trying to roll up on me. All right, where was I? Yeah, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness at night, allowing me to wake up to see another day. Here we go. With a 10 stringed harp and the music of a lyre. I looked up the number 10 this morning um, on, I think it's BibleStudy.org. If you look up number, uh, what the meaning of numbers or whatever, because uh, the Bible is full of numbers. And if you pay attention, there's a lot of patterns to the numbers. And um, it's different from like, the Bible has the original numerology, like all this other study of numbers that people can go down. It originally comes from the Bible. The Bible is filled with a lots of meaning when it comes to certain numbers, certain things happening and festivals happen on certain days. God's creation happening on the uh, completing on the seventh day. The Holy Spirit tied to like numbers like nine and 50, like the number of Pentecost. Anyway, I'm not going to go that deep right now into talking about numerology in the Bible. But uh, I like to point out certain things as I read through here. And so, uh, yeah, if you type in the number 10, BibleStudy.org, meaning of number meaning of the number 10 in the Bible, they have some good stuff in there. And all they really do is they pull out all the scriptures tied to that number number 10 so it's not weird and kooky it's out of the bible just showing patterns in the bible and so uh the number 10 represents testimony law responsibility and complete order for example think about it the 10 commandments god gave 10 commandments also think about when the god sent the plagues how many plagues did he send 10 plagues when he in Egypt, uh, what's another number ten? Um, I can't remember what else is said in there. It was some good stuff in there. Yeah, it's related to yeah. Let testimony, all oh, the ten spot. Yeah, there was twelve. I believe there was twelve spies. Was it twelve spies that the Lord sent out, or ten? Ten spies. And then Joshua, only Joshua and Caleb had a good report. Anyway, yeah. Testimony, law, responsibility, complete order. You can look that, research that on your own. So, yeah. Ten-stringed harp. It's not insignificant. Why? Yeah. And the music um, of a lyre. Verse four. For you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the works of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord? How profound your thoughts. A stupid person does not know. A fool does not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be eternally destroyed. But you, Lord, are exalted forever. For indeed, Lord, your enemies, indeed, your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have lifted up my horn like that of a wild ox. I have anointed. I have been anointed. Let's see here. 
or you have anointed me. There's these little notes at the bottom. So I have a, like a capital subscript and like a different how it reads in other translations. Sometimes I'll, if it's important, I'll put that down at the bottom. And then there's these lowercase subscripts where you can look in the margin of your Bible and see other scriptures related to that scripture. A scripture interprets scripture. So anytime someone tries to say, oh, the Bible's full of contradictions, it's like, no. You have to read the entire context of scripture from cover to cover and read other scriptures that are related to that scripture in order to understand scripture. And the the word of God, is it says, is alive and breathing, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit. So our carnal minds a carnal mind can't understand spiritual things so in our mind if your soul your mind will and emotions is filled with nothing you never accepted jesus christ in your heart and you've never become born again and um it's hard yeah and don't have yeah and aren't spending time in his word and around other christians and asking the lord to speak to you then certain things won't and a lot of things in the Bible won't really make sense and won't be able to you won't be able to spiritually discern them. And it's crazy to think about because there for years, people didn't even actually have a physical Bible like we do in modern day times. For years, people didn't even have a Bible. Uh, they had to go here past, you know, this is the everyday person. They had to have somebody. Uh, read it to them in their language like sometimes not even in their language anyway this is a whole nother conversation for another podcast recording just like about it's amazing to me how the gospel has still made it throughout history when for years people didn't even have and how the christian christianity has been able to spread as long as far as it has and as long as it has when people didn't always have Bibles available to them, like everyday people that made under a certain amount of, you know, lived under a certain socioeconomic status in society. Anyway, I don't know how I got on that. Spiritual discernment. Where was I? But you, Lord, what was I even talking about to get to that? I don't know. It's weird how my brain does that sometimes. All right. Uh, Oh, maybe about talking about the fool. All right. Verse six. Let me just go back to verse five. How magnificent are your works, Lord? How profound your thoughts. A stupid person does not know. A fool does not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be eternally Destroy it, but you, Lord, are exalted forever. For indeed, Lord, your enemies, indeed, your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have lifted up my horn like that of a wild ox. I have been been anointed with the finest oil. My eyes look at my enemies when evildoers rise against me. My ears hear them. The righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar tree. And grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. 
I need to read more about the significance of why he used those words, palm trees and cedar trees. I know cedar trees are pretty strong. But I'm just going to imagine that he's just saying that the righteous, which once again, we're only righteous based on what Jesus did on the cross, not our own efforts and things that we have done. The righteous will thrive like a palm tree or they're flourishing. Plant it in the house of the Lord. You think about trees too. Trees give life. Like they are where we get our oxygen, like, you know, see, uh, see the whole CO2 and CO2 and oxygen cycle going on. So that's what allow they would allow us to breathe. So, um, People are constantly talking about planting trees, the importance of planting them. And they take a long time to grow, too. Like one of my favorite scriptures in Isaiah 61, it talks about oaks of righteousness. Like an oak takes, is, oaks trees are usually very old. They take very long time to, um, and they're very strong. But yeah, it's it's over a course of years that their growth takes takes place to see like if you see an oak tree standing in the forest, that tree is pretty old. Can't remember how you're old, but a lot of them are over a hundred years old. Anyway. Sometimes I don't always fully know what I'm talking about and where I get this information. You all you all have to like go fact check this stuff for yourself. <laughs> anyway. Verse 13, plant it in the house of the Lord. They thrive in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green, to declare the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hmm. Let me uh, read these notes here. One reason there is still genuine worship among God's people today is that we don't keep track of all of of we don't keep track of and call to mind all of god's past deeds that was actually they were talking about that in the bible app this morning on the children's app i can't remember what the actual scripture was but the guy was talking about jealousy and how god is a jealous god and but also but he was talking from a per or he was talking from a human perspective about what causes us to be jealous and a lot of times it's because we're not thankful of for of what we already have. So when we see somebody else with more or something we want, uh, it causes us to be discontent and can cause us to be angry at. So I think of my favorite example of jealousy amongst humans in the Bible was, uh, oh, yeah, they were they were talked about Joseph and how, yeah, their father, Jacob, had him at an old age. Um. So he was considered considered the favorite son, and he made that coat of many colors for Joseph. But my favorite story related to how we can become jealous, other than like Cain and Abel, is the story of um, the prodigal son. So, because yeah, the. The son that was already at home when the prodigal returned 
the son that was already home already had access to all the father's blessings and has so much to be thankful for. And he was mad like, here's this dude went off, squandered all his money and you gonna throw a big old feast for him, you know? And see, yeah. Anyway, there's so many things, conversations that can go from there. But yeah, it's important to be thankful. It's something I need to actually do. An exercise I plan on doing very soon, probably tonight, just write down, write down in my little prayer journal, like all the ways the Lord, like t at least just 10 things off the top of my head, other than the fact that he woke me up and I have my limbs and I can talk and I have, you know, my, my sanity and yeah, just some other than those basics, you know, I have food to eat, a car to drive, a, a roof over my head, money in the bank account. Uh, and live in the United States. That is a huge privilege. Other than those things, like specific things that he has done in my life. Let's just be real and honest. Um, there's this, I'm trying to be careful what I say. Yeah, I'm going through that right now. A little bit. Where, um, there's these guys and my father befriends or whatever, befriended recently and can't give a whole lot of details to the nature of the relationship and all that, but just um, sometimes I'll look I'm just like, why can't we have that type or yeah, like why is I don't know, I yeah, I don't Sometimes, like, I don't know. There's all things that I eventually talk to my pops about, but it's like, what is blocking us from having, like, a more close relationship, kind of like what I have with my brother? And I don't know. I just become jealous of, like, these other dudes that he, like, befriends that are complete strangers. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. A lot of it probably won't make sense till we go to the other side, but yeah, this is say I deal with jealousy. Um, I get jealous even when I see other guys who are like I'm six two, and even though I'm tall, I get jealous of guys that are like even a few inches taller than me when I see them out, or guys that got muscles and. I mean, I know they had to work to get those muscles, but I don't know. Just, I don't know. I could, yeah, I could share more stuff about jealousy. Sometimes I deal with jealousy over my ex-wife. Just and this new guy she's married to. Um, but, yeah, being thankful for what I already have and what God, all the things that God has already done for me will it helps me not to quiet those feelings of jealousy even i saw this guy real quick he was sharing about um he does these drills he has his instagram where he tries to help he helps people like jump higher and increase their verticals or whatever uh and he did this little video about uh 
the importance of really focusing on your progress and your gains that you're making, even if it's a tiny inch or a centimeter in, in vertical, you jumping higher. And to not look at or focus on the gains that other people are making and wishing that you could jump as high as them. Like the more you focus on what you are doing, stay in your lane, as people love to say, the further you'll go. Because looking at the gains that other people are making is all it's going to do is just cause disappointment. The more I look at other people and covet what they have, even that's I think one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, not well, not to cover your neighbor's donkey or your yeah or your neighbor's wife. Yeah, it's one of the just don't covet <laughs> like or to be jealous or to uh, desire what other people have. Like focus on and be thankful what God is giving you and make do with that. All right, I got on some interesting tangents today. Um, one reason there is so little genuine. Did I finish all the notes here? My bad, y'all. I'm like, yeah, I'll read that again. One reason on the Tony Evans notes. One reason there is so little genuine worship among God's people today is that we don't keep track of and call to mind all of God's past deeds. Honestly, feel like that's why I saw somewhere somebody said, don't worry, worship instead of worrying, worship. The more you worship the Lord, the harder it is to worry. And. Be jealous of what other people have, especially in today's culture where you got Instagram, Facebook. Media everywhere, constantly reminding you of what you don't have. Even just when I leave the house and I'm not doing deliveries and I see all these beautiful homes and these nice Teslas and cars and all that, I'm constantly, sometimes I'm like, because I'm 35, sometimes, yeah, it creeps in the thought of like, hmm, what am I doing wrong in my life? Like, <laughs> I should be further along by now, you know, but can't worry about what other people are doing and what they have going on. It's it's easier said than done, but it does, it is there. And the easiest way to keep from that worrying and jealousy from creeping in is to focus on uh, the Lord and worshiping him, knowing that he's the one who gives range on the just and the unjust. And so, and they're an invisible. If you could see them as a Christian, then invisible inheritance that is awaiting us on the other side in Zion in heaven, um, we would probably, yeah, not to say that that should be our focus. Actually, Jesus is the greatest treasure that we can ever receive here on earth and in eternity. So um, that is what we should get excited about more than any any earthly possession, any home, any car, any experience that other people are having, um, any experiences that other people are having, like traveling or whatever. All right. I think I've beat Balaam's horse enough. All right. This psalm gives praise to the eternal perspective of the righteous as opposed to the short-lived perspective of the wicked. God causes the righteous to thrive even in their old age. As a result, they declare the greatness of God. Knowing the goodness of God gives rise to the adoration of God. 
is that word adoration. At the beginning of my uh, little X acronym I was talking about last night. The first part of prayer is adoration, just glorifying the Lord, just saying how great he is and how worthy he is to be praised. He's Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. So thank you, Lord, for this word. Went a little longer than I thought I would. Let's do, yeah, we're going to do a few more psalms and then get up out of here. Um, thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Let's see here. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for uh, keeping me and sustaining me, Lord, um, throughout my life, especially in the darkest times of my life, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for just... Uh, rescuing me time and time again and once again in california and houston and um thank you god for giving me two parents lord a mom and a dad lord thank you for giving me a grandma still that's still alive lord that i can call and talk to in fact i'm gonna call her today thank you lord for an aunt and aunt margie who checks on me lord uh, thank you for my other aunt, Aunt Ellen, Lord. I need to reach out to her uh, more often. Um, thank you for a brother who I can actually talk to consistently, Lord. Thank you for Miss Banks right now, even though things are, <laughs> I don't know what, yeah, it's, just, it's interesting. God, thank you for her, Lord, somebody I can talk to. Uh, thank you, Lord, for just my trumpet. I look forward to when I have more time to play that. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to go out here and make some, make money and provide for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my children, Leah, Aiden, Matthew, Ava, and the blessing that they are. And uh, thank you, Lord, for already in advance for the place that we're going to stay. Uh, if you have something better than this two-bedroom apartment I'm planning on applying for on May 1st, I pray you open that door. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to thank you, Lord. This is a safe people love to be in this apartment complex, Lord. Around like this is a mansion compared to a lot of places around the world. So, Lord, even though it's not a big fat house and it's not may not seem ideal, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, it's in, that I live in a safe apartment complex and uh, I'll be able to be near my my father. And bring the kids by to see their grandfather. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship I do have with my father. And that I can I even know my father, Lord. Help me to any walls that I have over or this picture that I have of how I wish my relationship was something else than it is. I thank you for the relationship that I do have because a lot of people don't even have that. Um, thank you for the relationship I have with my mom. Continue to just soften my heart um, in that area. I thank you for the relationship I do have with my former wife and her husband, Lord, even though it's, we're not talking right now. I thank you in advance that there will be a day that we can talk more and be able to be in at the same place at the same time and be at the kids games to cheer them on and just be a village to raise these kids, Lord. And, uh, yes, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, um, in advance for a better relationship with Jesse and yeah, Tish, thank you for that God. Thank you for that. It's coming. Give me the words to say when that's time, Lord. Um, time, Lord. What's the name of the nickname of an NBA player? Anyway, Lord, you're just a good father. You're a gracious father. Ultimately, thank you for your son, Jesus, dying on the cross so that I can have eternal life and also have a life 
more abundantly here on earth and in eternity. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. All right. We're going to do like three more psalms and then cut it. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.